And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of Retro Hero Video. As always, I am your host, Joel. Joining me is my good friend, Matt, and we are going to be walking you through another, what I guess you could call is a video book club for the greatest, most memorable, and occasionally regrettable moments in superhero animation. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing very well. I'm I'm a little wet here in <laughs> Australia uh, since yes. half the half the country is flooded at the moment. But uh, yikes, yikes! Today today's no rain, which is good. That's good. I'm glad you could make it here. Again, we've been having a hell of a time just getting to the show. You're almost flooded. There was a fire at the end of my hall, but you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's threat of nuclear apocalypse. Yeah, there's that, there's the a good stuff. There's a land war in Europe. You know, we're in <laughs> we're heading into year three of a deadly pandemic. But thank God we have cartoons to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be looking at Teen Titans season four, episode eight, Troc, as we continue our uh, I, I guess what ended up being an arc of looking at very special episodes. But obviously, we just can't talk about the episode proper. We need to actually do a little bit of history first is what we need to do. We need to talk about what the world was looking like when this episode aired all the way back in 2005. Ooh, that was a while ago. It is and it isn't, where it's like, it feels like modern times. I know I was still a teenager, but just when I looked at what was popular at the time, I felt a billion years old. And as always, this is as much a game for you as it is for me. What uh, what do you think the top song was in the year uh, 2005? 2005. Something by Nickelback? Pardon? Mm, you know, you would think that, but in truth, the number one song was... Uh, actually, Matt, I was shocked as anyone to find out that the top song at the uh, the week that this episode aired was actually Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. You, you, you know, it was funny. I was actually thinking about that after I said Nickelback. Again, the, the American Idol effect is in full <laughs> effect at this era. And honestly, I think this was like her biggest song, wasn't it? I don't think she ever topped out bigger than this again. And now she's a freaking talk yeah. show host. Yeah, I think this was this, and this would have been a couple, like a year or so after she won. Yes, I believe American so. Idol. I guess. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about American Idol later on, but yeah, I I do remember this one was pretty huge in high school. Since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. See YouTube, you can't you can't uh, blacklist me for that. You can't take my money away for that because I did it badly. <laughs> Uh, again, I, f I feel Kelly Clarkson's problem was she every song she did was basically about the same thing. It was always about a breakup and how she wasn't going to let it get her down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's one of those pop stars who sings about so many breakups, eventually you just have to think, like, lady, it might be your fault. Did you think about that? Yeah, it's like Taylor Swift, how every one of her songs is about an ex. <laughs> oh no, oh no, uh, Matt, don't say that out loud. Don't send the Swifties <laughs> after us. I can handle the Snyder Bros. I can handle every other fan base, but they will kill us. <laughs> <laughs> They'll give us freaking Colombian neckties. They'll put us in tires and set them on fire. <laughs> but yes, Kelly Clarkson, number one song in the world. Now, what do you think the number one movie was the week this came out? I bet you're not going to guess it, because when I figured it out, the first words out of my mouth were no fucking way uh what what month was this september uh yes i do believe so i i was gonna say star wars episode three but that came out in may uh it yes we wouldn't be in the cinemas in september there would be a star wars i think star wars ended up being the biggest movie overall that mm -hmm. year but not the week this episode came out Ooh, i'm not too sure 
It was a horror movie. It was the remake of House of Wax starring Paris Hilton. Oh, really? Yep. Really? Yep. Jesus. Alicia Cuthbert, Shad Michael Murray. Oh, a masterpiece for the ages. Oscar winning material. Oh, yeah. I remember actually seeing this one because everyone wanted to see Paris Hilton be murdered around this time because that's, yeah, yeah. that's how bloodthirsty and weird we all were. And Twitter didn't exist yet, so we couldn't just cyber bully people we didn't like. Uh-huh. ironically paris hilton isn't a horror movie i do like it's called repo the genetic opera she plays mm, a yeah. spoiled rich heiress in that and she's pretty good there. yeah she plays herself yeah she really does and she finds a sad depth in that character but not in house of wax sadly no, not at all not in house of wax now the number one tv show should come as no surprise to you was american idol they were in their yep. fourth season yeah and as I sit here and look at the cast of people on the show, I remember that dude with the glasses. I I never watched American Idol because even then I didn't give a shit about talent shows. But I did like to watch the first couple weeks of American Idol because that's when the really bad people were on. That's where all the cringe was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, American Idol was basically its own cringe compilation before cringe compilations yeah. were a thing. It, it's funny as well because I'm just I'm just remembering because obviously they had like Australian Idol mm-hmm. and like britain's got talent canadian idol too and i'm i'm thinking about like the australian version and i don't think they ever did like the whole cringe oh that's a shame i i I might be wrong but i don't remember it i remember the american one though i i know uh, canadian idol had some cringy ones but i don't think they were ever as good as the american Mm. ones because like the americans always had this self-inflated sense of worth and talent and just to see simon cowell pop their balloon was always great it was fantastic yeah it was wonderful again for that time is it still on tv or has it been superseded by other talent shows now i i think like it's all just like uh america's got talent and the there's voice. that one there's yeah the voice there's that one where they like dress up oh the mass singing. singer yeah. yeah yeah that one yeah Literally. i don't think american idol actually exists as that show anymore no i guess those guys had too much money and moved on to something else yeah uh, now, in the world of comics, obviously, because we're a comic book show, we got to talk about that. Here are some of, the, some of the hottest titles the month this episode of Teen Titans came out. Uh, number one on the shelves was actually, believe it or not, Astonishing X-Men by Joss Whedon. Ooh, yeah, that makes sense. The gifted run. Yep, that was the run. Uh, excellent run. Everyone was loving it. Yeah, obviously, Joss Whedon, not everyone's favorite person for <laughs> obvious reasons right now. But this this run was so freaking hot. I remember Patton mm. Oswalt was talking about this uh, in that comedy documentary he did. It was him, Brian Posehn, Maria Bamford. And there's a moment where they actually go to the comic store and they pick this up. Right, okay. Because that's how huge it was. In the same documentary, Patton Oswalt also talks about a young up-and-coming comedian you all need to watch, Louis C.K., pat noswald is great but he does not have a crystal ball (laughs) now that was happening at marvel uh over at dc the red hood story uh the original judd winnick under the hood run was just coming to a conclusion they just revealed it was jason this week oh wow that's that's cool hard to believe right yeah, 2005, really. 2005, yeah, Judd Winnick was on Batman, and this whole big storyline was going on. A storyline that really lives in infamy now, because mm-hmm. Jason continued to be Red Hood. They made that excellent animated movie about it. They even yep. put Red Titan, uh, Red Titan, Red Hood in that Titans show I don't watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So pretty goddamn big success in this one. Now here's the thing that really blew my mind, and I was reading comics at the time, and this, like, this really hurt my brain, because I guess this is true, but I just memory-holded it wrong. Over at Marvel, Brubaker was writing Captain America. Yes, yeah. And I actually have some of his run from uh, that time. I have most of it, actually, in trade, because it's just that damn good. The storyline he was telling uh, this week in 2005 was the final part of Out of Time, which was a flashback story uh, reestablishing Captain America and his relationship with the invaders. You know what the other really important part of this story is? Was it the Winter Soldier part? Yes, it reintroduces Bucky and says, oh no, no, he wasn't a Jiminy Jilliker's sidekick. He was actually a very serious child soldier because the next story was going to be Winter Soldier. Yeah. And how friggin' nuts is that that we had Jason Todd coming back from the dead and Bucky coming back from the dead around the same time? Again, again, people don't like to admit it, but the, these comic companies often like their 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 stories sometimes match up. They're reading each other's notes, and it was never more apparent in this era. Two characters that we never thought were going to come back to life. We mm -hmm. thought they were as dead as the Waynes or as Krypton. Yep. And ironically, Krypton and the Waynes have also come back several times <laughs> since. <laughs> the moral of the story is nothing is sacred in comics. No, no, not at all, except and for Uncle Ben. Except for Uncle Ben, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, we got to uh, give a little bit of love there to indie comics. The Goon was selling pretty big at this Ooh. time. Yeah, the Goon, the 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 product that they've been trying to make into movies and TV shows for Forever. like decades. <laughs> It's a good concept, and, you know, it would be nice to see Dark Horse get a win for once. I know there was that, like, test footage for that yeah. movie they almost made that you can find on YouTube, and it's really good. Yeah, it, is. it really is. I don't know why it was ma wasn't made. Same. I don't know why. Especially now in a day and age when it feels like they've exhausted all the AAA Marvel and DC stuff, and the biggest hits are stuff like Peacemaker and Doom yeah. Patrol and Invincible and The Boys, weird niche stuff. Yeah, it, may, it makes you wonder why it hasn't caught on at some point. Absolutely. Uh, again, make it make it a TV show. You make this a TV yeah. show, and I bet it'll be the biggest thing. Yeah, TV show to rival, like, Invincible or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Come on. Uh, a, a network, any network, throw some money at this. Yeah. And uh, lastly, we haven't done this before, but I also wanted to ask you, what do you think the biggest game was at this time? What do you think everyone was playing in 2005? this week and uh, again this surprised the shit out of me too because it's a genre that basically gets no love and never gets to be number one anymore Ooh. so was it a racing game it was a racing game was it like a crash bandicoot or a mario game no it was gran turismo 4 oh, i thought it might have been that on the PS2, and I'm just looking back at this, and I aged a hundred years instantly. Man, remember when a big racing game could be the hottest game? Yeah, well, it's funny you say that, because isn't there a new Gran Turismo coming out, like, this week? You might be right. I will fully admit, when it comes to racing games, I have a hole in my nerdy armor. Mm -hmm. this, is, yeah. this is part of the reason I want to get into emulation, because I know there's, like, so much stuff from years past that you just can't buy anymore that I have missed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gran Turismo comes out uh, March 4th. Gran well, Turismo 7. Well, hot damn. Everything yeah. old is new again. <laughs> Everything old is new again. And uh, with that, we can actually hop into the episode uh, itself. 
and uh, they waste no time getting us started in the episode. Yes, the episode wastes no time getting started. A lot of animated series did this. I know Justice League did this as well, where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. before we even hit the credits, we're going to hop right into the show. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, still, we're like three minutes from the credits, and we get like uh, introduced to our main character, sort of. For our, the... our, our impetus for the episode. Yeah, yeah not Captain Adam. Not Captain Adam at all. This guy's name is Val Orr. Get it? Like Valor? Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad, Matt, that you're one step ahead of me and you said that this guy looks like Captain Adam because I thought this would be a perfect time to start a brand new game on Retro Hero Video, and that is X characters this guy looks like. So I have three characters that Valor looks like, and you guessed the first one right out of the gate. Uh, <laughs> he looks a lot like Captain Adam, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, straight up. He's still, he's got like that little symbol, same sort of color scheme. Yeah, it's so funny because like no one else really looks like Captain Adam, where the suit is part of his body, but it's also part of his hair, and like mm-hmm. it's a weird, it's very weird. And once you see it, you're like, oh, that guy looks like a Captain Adam type. Yep. Uh, Valor is actually an original character for this show. This would be his first and only episode, so I think it's funny that he looks like so many other people. Who's the second character Valor looks a lot like? Well, we mentioned Captain Adam, so we gotta mention his arch nemesis, uh, Major Force. Yep, yep. In He's fact, just a red version of them. Yeah, in fact, I'd argue he looks even more like Major Force, because Major Force mm-hmm. has, like, the, uh, buzz cut and everything yeah, crew cut, yeah. yeah he's got the flat top and everything he's also an asshole and as we're gonna find out valor is a giant asshole yeah yeah it's kind of the impetus for the entire episode and uh, the third and final character is actually not a dc character but he's a character who that not only looks like him but he has a lot of similarities to the number three character valor looks like is uh, vance astro from the original guardians of the galaxy Yep, yep. <laughs> right down to the two-tone, to being a spacefarer, to being like a space warrior guy, but, you know, Vance isn't an asshole, though. No, no. That we know of. <laughs> as far as I know, Vance is a nice guy. Yeah. Now, another very interesting thing about, uh, what is it, Valor, is you may notice right away that he is voiced by someone rather famous. He is. That is Stephen Root. Uh, superstar of stage and screen. He's probably best known as playing the Where's May Stapler guy in uh, Office Space, but he's also Bill from King of the Hill. He was in Succession last season. He was in Book of Boba Fett. Yep, yep. Dude is just, a, he's in Barry in a huge part. <laughs> yep. The dude is just one of the hardest working character actors. He really is, yeah. He's fantastic in everything he's in. Absolutely. This character is interesting, too, because it kind of plays against type for Root, because Root usually plays, like, lovable weirdos. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And yet here he's playing, like, a tough guy, action guy asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we see Valor's ship coming under attack by a bunch of strange aliens, and he just so happens to buzz Titan's Tower in their not-quite-San Francisco lair. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, the Teen Titans, they're always shown to be, like, cool, hip teens, yet they're playing Old Maid, the card game, <laughs> which is, like, the oldest game. Is, is is that the new hotness now? Is that what the young that, people are that, into? That's what, uh, that's what uh, Alfred taught Robin. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. I like that, that Alfred taught him and he taught the other Titans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he also makes kick-ass finger sandwiches, too. <laughs> 
I almost said Dick, but then I'm like, no, wait, that's not Dick. That's Tim, isn't it? Or no, wait, but he becomes <laughs> Nightwing, so he's definitely Dick. The Teen Titans was weird because, like, they never really leaned into a lot of the Batman connections. They referenced no. them, but never straight up did them. Yeah, the, like, the, their world always felt like it was just those things yeah. heroes you know yeah for, no other heroes ever yeah for, for the longest time it took them forever to actually you know make greater references also hey there's an episode of uh it's a static shock batman beyond crossover where someone asks old bruce hey where's robin he's with the titans don't worry static you'll meet them one day and they never did <laughs> oh yeah well, one of the great unanswered mysteries there <laughs> so yeah, they're they're sitting here playing this card game that is certainly a card game and not, you know, code for drugs that teens love, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, you got some of that old maid, man? Give me some of that old maid right in the veins. <laughs> Uh, their game gets interrupted, and uh, they end up seeing uh, Valor crash his ship. And already, they're totally taken with this guy and how awesome he is. We see him, like, jump from his ship to another ship and beat the shit out of one of them. Yeah, he does it all with his bare hands, and he's the best pilot ever yep. and everything. He's the coolest guy. They're just laying it on with this dude. He doesn't really have a lot of powers, though. He can uh, kind of fly, and he can kind of shoot lasers. Yeah, he's your standard, you know, alien with super strength yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. He he has a great moment where you know he's a badass because he crashes his ship and walks away from the fire because cool guys <laughs> don't look at explosions. <laughs> oh, God, I dropped a lung. <laughs> explosions, deadlier than you think. And uh, after that hell of an intro, they throw us directly into the theme song because it's that kind of show. What, uh, what do you think of the Teen Titans theme, Matt? Because I know for some people it's their favorite thing about the show. It's pretty great. It's very catchy. I forgot how catchy it is. And you also mm -hmm. got two versions of it. You got the English yep. version, and then you got the Japanese version sung by uh, Puffy Amiyumi. Yeah, yeah. Which was apparently so popular that Puffy Amiyumi had their own kind of spinoff in the same art style <laughs> as Titans. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a weird time. I remember on YTV, they'd play both back-to-back. Uh, -back. I, I guess now is probably a good time as any to talk about my own relationship uh, with Titans. I again, I was like a shitty teenager when this came out, and I very much remember kind of turning my nose up at this show, being like, ooh, it's not the Timiverse. It's not a continuation <laughs> of the things I've been watching since I was like 10. Mm, I do not like this. Ooh, it's more anime. Oh, that doesn't go together with superheroes. But, Joel, you like superheroes and you like anime. Mm, yes, but I'm a shitty child. Thank God I do not have Twitter to write these things down on. <laughs> But yeah, I remember never giving this show a chance, really. I know for some people, this was their superhero show. This was like their gateway drug to the DC universe. And I always felt like it was a show of two parts. There was the wacky, like, anime-inspired adventures, and then there were the much more serious, like, Slade episodes. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was uh... Very strange set show how you could have, like, an episode like this one we're talking about, and then yes. it'd be like a wacky, oh, we've got to plan a party for Beast Boy or something. Yes, this one definitely ends up being on the more serious side <clears throat> of things. And this this debate makes me laugh even harder, because people who grew up and loved this show and thought it was the epitome of comics and superheroes would end up becoming shitty teens like me and be mad at Teen Titans Go for bastardizing what they loved. <laughs> Which is really funny as well, because Teen Titans Go is done by pretty much the same people yes. who did this show like a lot of the same writers oh, from yes. this show are create uh 
creators on that show. It sure is. In fact, uh, Amy Wolfram, who wrote this episode, she is a titan of kids' animation, still working today, worked on uh, Generator Rex and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, she works on Teen Titans Go, too. And I'm like, really? The woman who wrote the Space Racism episode is also writing Go. That's amazing. <laughs> and also, same voice cast. Yeah, yeah. Which I think, you know, by this point, you know, Carrie Payton, Tara Strong, all these people, they embody the characters now, and it feels weird when they're not voiced by them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really does. But yeah, there's there's a little background on Teen Titans, everyone, and my own relationship with it. Just so you know, as we go into this episode, why I think this episode is actually something special and something that it took me later in life to actually give a chance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Valor meets with the rest of the team, and yeah, they just think he's the coolest guy ever. Oh, he fought those aliens, you piloted that thing, you survived an explosion. And he he's kind of loving, you know, all of this, you know, attention he's getting from these teens. And it's really interesting because they are teenagers and are written as such. This guy is an adult man. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird how instantly they worship this guy, but also how he kind of plays off on that later on cuz he'll mm-hmm. he'll give them all like cool nicknames and everything and he'll yeah. like let them do stuff on his ship like he's really trying to ingratiate these teens. Uh, everyone is taken with him, but he is not taken with Starfire. He basically turns up his nose at her as soon as he sees her. Yeah, as soon as he he knows that she's a Tamaranian, mm-hmm. he, yeah kind of turns up his nose at her and it's it, it's not very subtle at all no no it, it really isn't it's like oh well that's freaking weird what's what's this guy's beef with tamaranians but i like that like it's obvious to him and it's obvious to starfire it is not obvious to the rest of the group what is exactly going on here and that kind of becomes the crux of the whole show yeah and, and you can kind of understand why it would be because it's like this is like one of the few adults they had on the show that yeah uh wasn't trying to kill them yes absolutely. and and, and wasn't uh like berating them for doing something bad he was like yep like showering them with praise because they were sharing him with praise yeah also they saw him do cool stuff and they're like oh what yeah. an amazing hero this guy is you know we basically want to be just like him when we grow up yeah And uh, so they take him back to Titan's Tower, and he tells them a little bit about his mission. Apparently, the aliens that attacked him are called the Locrix, and they're sentient killer robo-machines that are rampaging across space. They attacked his planet, and as is always the case, they plan to attack Earth next. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they might attack Earth, they might not. They might not. You can't believe this guy. No, he he certainly believes that they're going to attack Earth, and so he enlists these children to help him. <laughs> hey kids, want to see my gun? Want to fly to space? <laughs> uh, he, he they're called the low cricks, but he calls them Crixies a bunch. Mm-hmm. He's very he's a big fan of short forms and nicknames and everything. He calls Robin Spike. He calls uh, Raven Sunshine. He calls a uh, cyborg Metalbot. Calls Beast Boy Champ, and he calls us uh, uh, Starfire. Something we're gonna talk about later, because <laughs> it's the title of the episode. <laughs> 
But yeah, so uh, the Titans are all too quick to want to help this guy and also to take an awesome ride in his spaceship. He says that he has a plan to basically go to the Locrix's homeworld and blow them up with a giant bomb. Yeah, yeah basically commit some sort of genocide against these people. Some mass genocide. Again, we don't see the Locrixes like speaking or talking, so we don't know what level of sentience they have. But again, this is like the Geth from Mass Effect problem where it's like, well, they're clearly living machines, though, just because they don't act the way we think, uh, you know, <laughs> sentient beings react doesn't mean they're not alive in some sense. Yeah, yeah. The Titans don't bring that up, though. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, hey, let's go blow up some robots. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this, this was the last season of the show, too. This was like season four, and one of the many times they uh, went out into space to have an adventure. Yeah, I was I, I was kind of shocked when I was like watching it because I, I, like I never watched the show fully from mm. back front. I caught like episodes here and there whenever Same. they were on TV. So like to see them like heading to space, I'm like, wow, I'm not kind of used to this. I'm used to the Titans just fighting in not San Francisco. And, yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. But it was pretty cool. I mean, unsurprisingly, most of the space-bound episodes for Teen Titans were Starfire-centric episodes because she's an alien. It makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And again, uh, he's just laying it on so freaking thick, Valor. He's, like, telling war stories, and the kids are hanging on his every word, and they're doing that, like, anime chibi-eye thing. <laughs> yeah, so, it's great. So you know they're really into it, and yeah, he just he just starts honey-dicking them all so hard, like, Hey, Cyborg, you're pretty great. Would you like to work the thrusters on the thing? Hey, Robin, you're great. Would you like to drive a Beast Boy and Raven? You can work the guns. <laughs> Just trying so hard to ingratiate himself to these children and prove that he's a cool guy, but once again, gives Starfire the cold shoulder, even when the ship ends up coming under attack by more Locrixes. Yeah, he doesn't want the the, the the filthy Tamaranian to do anything. To do anything on his ship. And again, if you're a kid watching this for the first time, you'd probably think that was weird, but you probably wouldn't really know what it was about just yet. Yeah. Which, again, still a show written for children. Obviously, we're going in having already seen it. So, yeah, a big fight breaks out. We get to see, you know, all the fun action choreography that the show has to offer. Uh, Starfire does her part throwing energy. Beast Boy turns into stuff. Cyborg blasts. Robin has all his toys. They, they do a lot of that anime speed line thing, don't they? They do, yeah. I forgot how much of this show's action scenes existed in, like, big anime speed lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, doesn't bother me so much. Again, it's the show having its own unique identity and everything. Yeah, yeah, it fits in with the show's aesthetic. It does make capturing images for this video podcast a little difficult, though. <laughs> oh, oh, I missed it. Oh, oh fuck, they're still going. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the battle is won fairly easily by everyone, you know, with their powers combined. Uh, I, I, I think Raven actually does the most work. Raven takes out, like, six yeah. at one time. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, one-shotting everything. <laughs> yeah, to which even Valor says, oh, remind me to stay on your good side. <laughs> We're just saying that, you know, Raven doesn't get enough play and that she could easily do the work of an entire team on her own. Yeah. Uh, during the fight, too, uh, Starfire ends up, like, knocking the big genocide bomb that Valor has, and after everyone leaves, this causes him to basically freak the hell out on her. Yeah, he, he starts kind of showing who he really is. Yes, yes. Again, the rest of the team still loves him, but Starfire realizes something up uh, is up when his eyes literally turn red 
with vile racism, <laughs> and he calls her a trock, which is the title of the episode, and as we later come to learn, is a, again, it's a Tamaranian slur. Yeah, it basically translates to nothing. Like, she is nothing. Yeah, so he, he said trock with the hard R with his whole chest when he didn't think anyone was looking. <laughs> was not a heated gamer moment, though I'm sure he would say it was. <laughs> look, look, guys, on Valor's planet, we say it all the time in our rap music. It's not a problem. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, too, because, you know, Starfire as a character in the show is very much the Wolfen and Perez version, where she's, you know, naive in the ways of Earth and other species, but, you know, desperately wants to learn. And, you know, uh, cares so much about emotions and interpersonal relationships and everything. And I think why this episode is so special for a number of reasons is how she deals with getting called a slur. And that is she basically compartmentalizes where it's like, well, you know, we, we got to save Earth. We got to stop these aliens. It's more important than my own feelings. So she doesn't tell her team right away that this cool new guy, that this older man that has taken an interest in all of them is actually a piece of shit. Yeah, she or she can see like her team is like enjoying themselves. Yes. And she 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 feels like she if she said something she'd spoil that. Which is a hell of a complex thing and something that I'm sure many people who face racial discrimination have to <laughs> deal with. And again, it's yeah. something we hear about, you know, more and more in think pieces and everything where it's like, "Hey, your one problematic friend, I'm sure you don't think is a problem, but actually it's a really big problem." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is what, you know, Valor is, the ultimate freaking, you know, problematic friend. <laughs> uh, the, the next stage of the plan there is that before they can even reach the alien homeworld, they're going to have to deal with a bunch of landmines that are set up around the perimeter. And uh, Valor, again, showing his true colors and what a piece of shit he is. Uh, volunteer Starfire to go and do it. Go, go do the dangerous job. Go move the nitroglycerin. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah, you're you're expendable. You can go do that. Wow. Like again, from slurs to like, I don't even want to breathe the same air as you. I think you are completely <laughs> expendable. <laughs> And again, her team doesn't quite know anything is up yet, though they do pose the idea where it's like, hey, Val, if you're so smart and so strong and so good, why can't you do it? Oh, well, I could totally do it if I wanted to. I just don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Why do that when we have a Tamaraden here who can just do it for us? Yes, I'm far too superior, you see, <laughs> to lower myself to doing the grunt work. And again, Starfire... Who her new motivation for this episode is, you know, this guy's being racist to me. I want to prove the racist wrong, basically. Yeah. By proving that I am not lesser, that I can do this. We are we are not the sick men of Asia, as Bruce Lee would say. <laughs> but again, that's almost like a fucked up thing, too, where it's like, you know, well, why are you meeting the racist on his own level? It's, <laughs> it's again, it's a complicated, layered thing where it's like, well, that's maybe not right. Yeah, no, it's 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 very heady for a, t a kid's TV show. Especially a kid's show like this that's all wacky, silly, anime, dupe to do Like, this this and the Terra arc are probably, like, the two most serious stories they told in this. Yeah, yeah. To where, like, it goes places you really don't expect and they really thought about it. Uh, Starfire goes out there. We actually get a very cool scene of her basically playing Minesweeper in real life to get the mines to move. Yeah, yeah, she's got to move them into specific spots so they don't drift into each other. And blow the hell up, though eventually that ends up happening anyway, and there's a moment there of like, oh no, did she actually blow herself up? <laughs> and then you remember that she's a Tamaranian. It's like, ah, they're, they're you know, orange skin supermen. So. Basically, yeah. 
Why, why Starfire never joined the Justice League? Seems like she would be a really good addition. I know, right? <laughs> why Why did Superman never take interest in her and be like, hey, would you like to be my sidekick because you have no corresponding hero? <laughs> you can basically do all the same shit I can do. Yeah. <laughs> would you like a cape? Would you like this S? <laughs> but yeah, her team are obviously, you know, super stoked that she's not dead. Valor is utterly unmoved by it. Yeah, yeah, he's not even impressed or anything, which is something I was like, I was kind of, I was waiting for that moment where you have that like, I am wrong, this is bad, I will do mm. better, but you never fucking get that. No, you don't. In fact, I think that's probably one of the best, smartest things about this episode. The yeah. racist shithead is given multiple chances to change his behavior and learn a lesson, and he doesn't do it. Yeah, he just, like, waves it off, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, and again, I think that's so much deeper, more complex, and interesting a take for a kid's show, and that is, hey, kids, you're not gonna be able to rehab a racist in 22 minutes of television, or in real yeah. life. Yeah, especially a space racist, yeah. who's probably just gonna, like, leave your planet and never come back. Absolutely. Uh, the episode's real ultimate big turn is that Cyborg actually ends up using the word truck on Starfire, assuming like, well, I, I thought it was okay, you know, he was saying yeah. it all the time. And again, really interesting characterization for Starfire, where she's like, look, I'll take it from that bigoted asshole for the greater good, but I will not take it from my own friend. Yeah, yeah, and and you get some uh, very, very obvious uh, social commentary. So he's calling you a terrible name, and you know that if you punch him out, it'll just confirm all the bad stuff he thinks about you. Yes. You know what it feels like to be judged simply because of how you look? Of course I do. I'm part robot. And social commentary there with him saying that he knows how she feels because he's mm. a cyborg. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what it's like to be diminished and made to feel less yeah. than Starfire just because of the way I look, you know, being a cyborg. I, again, I thought that was an interesting take, too, where it's like they could very easily have, like, made the sci-fi metaphor less of a metaphor and be like, yeah, because I'm a black human from Earth. <laughs> it, it's an interesting choice that they choose to take the cyborg angle on it. I, I guess that's well, the part. They, if they if they went uh, that way, uh, he, he's, I'm an African-American, he'll, it would be a bit too heavy-handed. Maybe for Saturday morning. Maybe they're like, look, you know, we're barely going to be able to get this episode made to begin with, with the headier tones <laughs> we're going with. Let's try and do that. Also, again, 2005, I could only imagine if Twitter or YouTube had existed in that oh, time. Jesus. Yeah, all the fucking, you know, professional grifter shitheads out there like, Teen Titans, super woke. <laughs> Go broke last season. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's fault somehow. Yeah, Brie Larson is out. <laughs> yeah, Brie Larson's fault somehow. But again, notice how in 2005, when that didn't exist, you know, people didn't have a problem with it because there weren't a bunch of people cheerleading shit. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so a pretty big moment and a moment that I feel is like embedded in a lot of people's minds of this show and why it was the very special episode it was where it's like, oh, wow, this silly show was actually able to address racism in a meaningful way. Yeah, yeah, really good way. Of all shows, yeah. So uh, yeah, they, they kind of have their moments, Cyborg and Starfire, and they understand each other in a much more meaningful way. I like I know Raven and Beast Boy had a bunch of episodes together, and mm -hmm. obviously Starfire yep. and Robin had a lot of episodes together. Is this yep. is this like the biggest episode with Cyborg and Starfire? Probably. Uh yeah, I'd probably say so. At least with this level of uh, emotional connection. Yeah. 
I remember there was another episode where, like, Cyborg and Raven got a little closer because he was building a car that went evil. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a whole I, thing. I actually remember that episode, yeah. See, we remember the car episode, don't we? It was basically Christine, yeah. It was basically Christine. <laughs> uh... Now, the next uh, portion of the plan there is, you know, because Cyborg knows the truth now that, you know, Valior is a big piece of shit. He goes and tells Robin, and I love Robin's reaction once he realizes what's actually going on here. Instantly changes from hero worship to be like, oh, I'm going to make him apologize. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's going to lay down the law. Yeah, you, you hurt the feelings of my friend and also love interest, so... <laughs> Not going to stand for any of this, and uh, it, it, it's great that, you know, it just took that little conversation for Robin to completely done his hero warship, but it's not the end of the episode, though, because even though this guy is a massive asshole, they did agree to help him with this killer robot problem and to save the Earth, so they still need to work with this guy. Yeah, yeah, so they, I, you know, I really expected it, 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 it was going to have a moment where, like, oh, that this, this, uh, a, this other alien race, these robots, are, like, they're suffering the same thing Starfire did. Yeah, and me it's too. It's just this guy being like, oh, we've got to go hang a bunch of these aliens, and it's going to be fine, because you know, they're evil. It's so funny you should say that, Matt, because, again, this is the first time I watched the episode, probably since it was new. I totally remembered this episode wrong. I remember it was the episode that dealt with space racism. I totally thought the third act of this episode was the Titans finding out that the robots weren't actually evil and that this guy was just a gener- you know, genocidal a-hole. Yeah, yeah, and they end up fighting him, yeah. Yes, I totally thought that's how the episode went. It's not, actually. Apparently, this guy's a racist asshole, but also the robots were killer robots, too. Yeah, yeah. Which, maybe in its own way, is a certain level of complexity as well, where it's like, yeah, a guy can be a hero to one group of people and still be evil to another, and both are equally valid. Yep. And that's what makes life in the universe difficult, trying to, you know, deal with that. Mm -hmm. You know, dealing with people's shitty legacies, like we see it all the time, where it's like, oh, this guy was a hero historically. Yeah, but he said and did some monstrous (laughs) things as well. Yeah. Did you hear what he said in those tweets? Yeah, you know? for real. Oof, oof. Man, tell I, I tell you what. Thank God Valior doesn't have a Twitter. <laughs> Be banned all the time. Oh, what's that? Valior is on truth? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so the big action scene actually involves Starfire putting herself in the thick of it, where it's like, no, the rest of the Titans are going to cover us. I am going to go with you to drop off the bomb to, you know, prove that I am worth it, to prove that I am not nothing. And again, it's a nice message, but even still, you know, looking at it through the lens of, like, you know, 2022, it's like, hey, Starfire, you don't have to prove anything to this guy. This guy sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy's an asshole. You don't have to do anything to him. I I guess it shows how, like, racial politics have really evolved in the last little bit, because it's like, yeah, you know, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to make these people accept you and everything, and it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we get like the big long final mission in a video game where you gotta run through the gauntlet of the robots to make it to the final boss room. Yeah, and and again, uh, Starfire basically holds down the team, mm-hmm. proving how truly powerful she is. How she's able to just walk through most of these robots. Yep. Valor pretty much being no help and basically being the big pack mule for this. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, she uh, she fights her way through them, proves her worth, and eventually we get to again what can only be described as the big final boss room. Yeah, yeah, the 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 control center. The control or something. center. 
Yet, surprisingly, there is no big boss. Again, in my mind, this is a total Bernstein Bears thing. I thought they fought a big, like, queen alien at the end of this one. Yeah, yeah. Again, again it kind of feels like that was where the story was headed, and they swerved in the opposite direction to, like, me. Yeah. Aha, we tricked you. We, gotcha. We, we, um subseded your expectations i guess or maybe i'm just conflating it with several other episodes maybe maybe what's even crazier too and it's a perfect example of you know valor is not only a jerk not only is he racist but like racism in general just makes no sense and is so deeply illogical he won't even let starfire risk her life by setting yeah. up the bomb he's like you're such yeah. a non-person to me i think i'm so much superior i'm gonna risk my life and ooh, ooh, he does the dickiest thing ever where he like grabs the bottom of her chin and does that thing oh that's such a dick move yeah 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 he 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 doesn't think that she can press the buttons right and yeah all, all that so like only he can yeah he's superior again when he does that chin thing too i'm like oh is that like a little misogyny on top of the racism <laughs> as well like yeah, oh yeah, you can't do it because you're a tamaranian and a woman and a woman see i hate you for your race and also your gender and uh, of course he sets up the bomb but it's a big trap and he gets stuck in like a in like a force shield that's killing him meaning that uh Corey has to again risk life and limb just to save the life of this you know total prick who has to be goaded into having his life saved he would rather yeah. die than give up his racism yeah yeah and again it's it's a bit of a subtle message and one worth reevaluating in you know 2022 where it's like wow some people are so desperate to not even breathe the same air as you they would rather die yep Yep. How do you fix that? How do you unlearn that? I don't know, and the episode doesn't yeah. claim to know either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether you even can. I don't even know if you can either. And again, for a kid's show for a Saturday morning, the ending on this one is so super serious because, like, he kind of tries to get back into the other Titans' good graces. Like, oh, we had a lot of fun, didn't we? Oh, we did a good job. And, oh, yeah, Starfire, I guess you're one of the good ones. <laughs> Which Raven gets the best line there. It's like, wow, why do even your compliments feel like insults? Yeah, yeah. And that is one of the worst compliments ever. You're one of the good ones. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> That's just fucking laced with poison. And basically the Titans tell him, get the hell out and don't come back. And he never does. This is the first and last yeah. episode with him. Yeah, yeah. This is the only episode he ever appears. And as I said, like, he he's still the same guy as he was when he started. There was no none of that sort of, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Cameranian and other people of different races mm -hmm. are good. It's a pretty nuanced take on racism that you can't cure all racists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he leaves the planet on this, uh, no doubt, to uh, be on the Joe Rogan podcast, get a new Netflix <laughs> special called Cancelled with Valor. <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> that's that's just him. You know, him and Rogan are be selling $1,000 tables where people get the Genesis virus. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a hot new thing for him. So, you know, he's <laughs> he, he's not done yet, Valior. <laughs> and yeah, the basically the end of the episode is he leaves, he's a dick, and Starfire pretty much uh, does like the, the South Park what I learned today for everyone else. Yeah. And that's that's where the episode ends. And yeah, that uh, that was Troc. And there's there was a lot going on on this one. I know, uh, unlike Batman, the animated series where I had like rewatched it and revisited it, dozens of times this is the first time i really returned to this particular episode and i'm glad to say it it held up 
it did yeah I, i'm in the same boat with you whereas i'd return to like uh batman the animated series batman beyond superman mm. just like all, seeing all them but like yeah this was like the first time i've watched an episode of teen titans like yeah. sat down and watched it in like years decades even. yeah yeah, like, basically since it was new for me. But yeah, this this episode had some chops. It had some stuff going on. And, you know, maybe maybe teenage me was wrong for painting it with the brush that I did. I had to learn a thing about tolerance for a show. <laughs> you had to go through character development. I had to go through character development and come out the other side and be like, you know what, this, this one actually had some stuff going on. And I'm sure we'll revisit titans in the future because you know i'm sure people would want to see us cover the slade arc and when they did yep. judas contract and everything yeah all the stuff with Terra. yep yeah i also love the mad mod episodes i'm not gonna lie there's only two <laughs> of them but i think those are actually great <laughs> i think visually they're great i think it's the funniest the show ever was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again it's it's a show with many layers and with lots of stuff going on yeah yeah but yeah, so that'll just about do it for another installment of Retro Hero Video. Thank you, as always, Matt, for joining us. I hope the fans had as much fun uh, re-watching and revisiting this one with us, even though it was a little on the heavier side. But don't worry, everyone. In our final part of the very special episode arc, we're going to be looking at Jimmy, the Static Shock episode about school Ooh. shootings. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get fucking raw and real for the finale. I was going to do that, or I was going to do that Gargoyles episode where their cop friend literally gets shot. Oh, yeah, I remember that episode. Yes, that was a good one. Uh, Lethal yeah. Force, I think, is what that one was called. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so we've covered all of our things here in the very special episode arc. Kidnapping, drugs, racism, and, racism. We're, and we're ending <laughs> it with guns. <laughs> Doing the hat trick. And then after that, I promise we'll do something nice to clean the palate. I know, Matt, you said you were on something of a reality TV show kick, and we just remembered that they actually had a Stan Lee superhero reality yes. show. Yeah, yeah, they had a bunch of weird, cringy nerd oh, yes. stuff in like the in like the late, uh, early two thousand and tens, early two thousands. Which is the perfect bollocks for us in this show, I think. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so thank you everyone for watching and listening, and uh, we will be back again at the end of next month for another episode. So get ready for that, everyone. Yeah. See you later. Bye bye.